0: This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club.
2: Hello there and welcome to this week's View from the Gladys Street fan podcast, brought to you via the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and this week's show will be split into two sections. The first, we will look back and discuss the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. And as we haven't been around the table since before deadline day, we will discuss Everton's closing summer transfer business and what it means for the rest of the season. To do so, and sat around the table with me, we have two eager guests. The first is the return of Mark Crotty. You're right, like Mark. How are you doing? Hello. Good afternoon. Finishing off the starting lineup, we have Conor O'Neill. How things, Conor? Not too bad, in yourself. Yeah, I'm. Um, uh, could be a little bit better, I suppose, after the the, the nil-nil draw away to Palace. So, Mark. Your initial thoughts after probably is a disappointing nil nil draw.
1: Yeah, or frustration. I think it was just like a deja vu of last season's game, wasn't it? Um, same kit as well. Um, <laughs> it, it, it epitomises us at the moment, doesn't it? I think when we've got uh, a team that sort of likes to come out and have a go at us, we sort of. We've, we've mastered that a bit now we can pick them off a bit when a team sits in against us we're still lacking that quality in the final third and the know-how how to break these teams down and Palace for the last two three seasons at Salhurst Park I've sat in with the eleven men behind the ball and said, "Come and break us down," and we've struggled to do so. Um, it's the Hodgson way, isn't it? It is the Hodgson, and and, and I was watching it, thinking, "How boring they? Do you know what I mean? It's just the city eleven men behind the ball. Back on the compliments in a way, because obviously they, they must fear Everton in that in that sense, but struggled, and then with the conditions. Um, I gave Klopp stick last season for talking about win, but when you watched that on Saturday, that was horrendous, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. ball was just swirling around everywhere, and it just looked like one of those games Eddie does that we were going to struggle to to break down. Um, comfortable with um, the, the the back, comfortable with the defending, um, even when they breached the line, with the goalie was in form. So it was just more day of a frustration rather than overall disappointment. Um, and it, also, it almost feels like the season starts properly next week, mm. if you know what I mean. It feels like that that game was just like the sort of final pre-season game and we're going into it from the Waffle home game. So, um, yeah, frustration. But I think when we go on to talk about it, I think the signings might make that difference. And obviously we'll talk about that in due course.
2: I mean, Everton kind of don't tend to get off the good starts anyway, do we? You know, the past... Um, couple of seasons the first game of the season we haven't really got three points so suppose there's, over the past couple of seasons there's been that early optimism but a nil-nil draw against Crystal Palace you kind of but just feel a little little bit deflated
0: yeah I think it was deflating because of the way the game went as well because you look at the start we, made, we should have been one up inside what was it two minutes you know mm-hmm. Guilfay sigerson has got to hit the target let alone he just doesn't score. catch it at all does he he just like, scuffs it I think we had a couple of other half chances where maybe he might have thought something was going to fall. And like Marks said there, it kinda of just went into deja vu mode from last season and that all our limitations were just bare. And especially when Gomez went off. You know, I think Silver even alluded to himself, didn't he, afterwards? He, he said, Oh well, once once Gomez went off, we lost our way. Mm. Which isn't great to hear because you don't want to be the whole point of like the recruitments and the way we were going was we're not going to become dependent on certain individuals. It's not good after one game where, you know, mm. the manager saying oh, once we lost Miss creative midfielder. That that was it. Then you know we, we knew we were gonna mm. we were to struggle. Or we did struggle. I so,
2: I, I find that strange. That comment. I, I get what he's saying, but I felt Gomez had the poor first half anyway. He wasn't
0: great. Mm. Um, I think that's more leading, I suppose, the fact of what he sees he's got though. Yeah, I think he's probably looking at it, thinking well that he is the only man who can sit and who get on the ball and
1: make something happen. against like the team. Delph, Delph can, but then he's injured as well. I, exactly, I think if you look yeah. at the last game of last season, so we had. Settle midfield of Gay and Gomez, sort of thing. I know Gay and Gomez on the bench, but we've gone from losing Gay to then, during that game, losing Gomez through injury. The last game of pre season, losing Delft through injury and losing Schneider and being sent off. There's four midfielders turning around in less mm. than 90 minutes. Yes. Um, so it, it's just one of those things that everything sort of. What could have gone wrong in midfield went wrong, and then the new guy came on. Um, some good things, some poor things. He obviously will give him time to grow, but it just it, it it's probably to come out with a clean sheet. We've got to look at that as a positive. Um, and like we say, we all know we've got to sort of master that final third now, and that's that's the next objective, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think the Delf injury last week probably didn't know because he would have been a clear starter on Saturday, uh, and is that sort of carrier of the ball from midfield. Um and that was lacking I think, was it? it was especially when Gomez did go off. Uh, so yeah, just it is one of those. Wipe those off just it's gone. We've got a point, you've got a clean sheet and then let's start again and make sure we get three points at Watford, uh, against Wafford next week. I think that the the big thing if if we are looking at positives was, you
0: know, meaning and keen. Mm. Look look quite settled and I know there was a couple of moments where, you know, there was a few heart and mouth moments where the ball bounced or you, you know, but I think the thing we've got to come to accept is that's going to naturally happen with Mina playing in the back four because he's not the most sort of traditional, conventional defender. He he likes to try his own things, if that's the right way to put it. Mm. Um, So I think that's going to happen, and obviously it'll take time for him and Keane to build up a relationship because you know I know Keen Mina was at the club last year, but you know for large parts it was Keane and Zuma all the way. It's now Mina and Keane, so it's got to it's got it's got to give time to blossom, but they did look solid and they did they, they did look strong. Okay, you could say they weren't up against much in terms of a potent attack and threat. And yeah. There is bigger, far bigger in battles to come in, in that regard, but I think in terms of them getting getting used to each other and getting the feet, you know, getting the, getting themselves going, it, it was beneficial that we were playing maybe someone like Palace or you know, a top team who, who could have maybe isolated one of them or, you know, Made a show of either one of them. Mm. Like, like we saw the you know the Chelsea game the weekends. Zuma and Aspelacuesta just got absolutely torn to shreds mm. because they were playing a way that just suited the counter attack and mm. fast pace. We were forced that we didn't have that the weekend, and hopefully that'll be a good thing
1: in, in the long run. I, I mean, think he's got quality, don't mean it, hasn't he? You, you can just tell he's an absolute unit, isn't he? And if he starts exerting that authority in every game, we've yeah. got like an absolute powerhouse of a centre half. And I think with Zuma is that I. It wasn't until the last two, three months that I was convinced to buy him. It was yeah. up till mm-hmm. February I was saying, No, nah, I'm not buying him because I watched, just thought he was sloppy. You watched him yesterday. you yeah, exactly. made I, up that we didn't buy him, him wouldn't yeah, you? In some respects. If you remember the Spurs game and we got hammered at home, he was all over the shop. and mm-hmm. it just But he built that partnership. Silver worked with him. And that's why I'm a fan of Silver because you can see, in my view, that when he works with them on a week-to-week basis. Mm -hmm. They they form partnerships, they understand what they're doing. It looks like he's gone back to Chelsea now. Lampard's thrown him back into a different team and he's just like uh, rabbit in headlights yesterday, wasn't he? Um, But that's not to say I don't still want him because I think he would suit Everton down to the ground at the moment. So maybe there's still a deal in the future there. But um, as long as Keane and Mina stay fit... I'm not worried about that I think, because that they, they, them two will grow into so a we'll good partnership, I've no doubt. I mean, we'll come on to it, but yeah, obviously yeah. the
2: defensive cover is it's going to be an issue, isn't it's it? Because it's highly it? unlikely that they're going to play thirty-eight
0: Premier League games. But I, I think the issue from from Saturday though, on the game itself. I know we're going to touch on transfers a little bit later on, but from the game itself is you all of a sudden come away thinking, my God, we look thin on the ground mm. and that's not the best position to be in after one game. You know, <laughs> like like Mark said, we've lost four midfielders in the space of you Know, not even 180 minutes worth of football. You know, a be, by all accounts has got till Friday to prove that he, he can, he's fit, so you can't really expect much from him next week. Um, uh, Gavin's come out and said that he's still a bit off the pace and needs time to adjust, so I, it's another one. So it, it's you know, all of a sudden thinking, well, it could be September here before it could be after the international break, it's to be. before we actually see the mm-hmm. the kind of the real Everton, not Silver's hoping, hoping to have because well, it was like that with like the likes of Bernard and stuff exactly, last season, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, no, M- Mosey Kennett is another one, you know. And that was the big thing, I think, as well. Look, at, look at the game the weekend was. You, you kind of you don't want to put too much pressure on young lad. He's 19, 20. He's not really been a main center, mainstay center forward. Obviously, at Juventus. He played second fiddle to mm. a lot of very good players, um, and you kind of don't want to put pressure on him. And be, you know, you've got to score 30, 20, 30 goals a season for us. But then you're watching Saturday and you're thinking, my God, we need this this kid to do something because we are otherwise going to have the same problems as what we've had we for a, a, the last two years because we, we, we just lacked that little bit of composure, that little bit of clever, instinctive player in the final third. And, you know, ultimately, you, you look at the league now, that could be the difference between us finishing ninth and sixth because the way it's looking, at it is going to be competitive and tight and, you know, a lot of teams are going to take punts off each other. So you don't want to put pressure on them. But after that 19 minutes on Saturday, I was thinking, we need this kid to come in and do something I and hit the ground running because if not, we're back, at, we're back at square one.
1: I was going to say, I think at home we're a different animal, though, aren't we? If you mm. look from February onwards, how good we were at home never even conceded the goal. Um, and we do seem to create and score goals at not I think it's, it's more the away form that you're. That continued against Palace. Um so we'll see on Saturday how I mean Watford at home last year was Jordan that sort of iffy spell, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we managed to scrape it 2-2. I'd expect us to go and beat Watford on Saturday even if Keane's not fit and what it, like Keane doesn't start and whatever. So Saturday be a good indicator if we've picked up the home form from last season, we can carry them good results on. Keep clean keep clean sheets. Uh we, it's just the different and, and that's where Moise Keane comes into it in terms of you need to make sure he's well supported That Goodison and feels loved the Goodison yeah. and got all that support because you can go and get some gold on the away form will eventually come. Th- um, I think
0: that's the, the big
1: thing is that,
0: that as good as the home form was and, and it has been, I think to make the next kick on, to make the kick on and, and improve and potentially bridge the top six, we've got to pick point, we've got to mm-hmm. win games away from home because without winning the games away from home, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're always kind of going to be an 8th place team you know We could be we can make good us in a fortress yeah. but you've got to pick points
1: up on the road to, to yeah. give yourselves that it's little bit of Arsenal an extra chance last season wasn't it yeah. and, and they've got Aub- Aubameyang who's one of the best players in the league for me and yesterday probably would have been a 0-0 yeah. if it wasn't if for it, Aubameyang's yeah. crack and finish and stuff so we're we we, we know we're not a finished article and it's going to be I think at least this time next year before we start seeing a fully settled silver side um, but what you want to see from last season to the start of next season is, is, is progress, isn't it? You want more points. We want better cup runs. We want to see where we're going. Um, And I liked that last week where he said in his pre-press conference before the game was what's your targets? And he simply just said to do better than last season. And I think that's right. And you've got to progress. I mean, don't, don't set stupid targets. Don't say we're going to finish fourth. Say, I want to do better than last year. And I think we'll all take that at this stage. Um And don't throw the cups away to your Millwalls and your Southamptons but you know I think I
0: mean. the big indication will be the League Cup won't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. because that'll be the first one where we will kind of see if he has learned from yeah, last season's mistakes because them. the Southampton home game the Millwall one for me was was always a different one because that was his best team he had or the best team that yeah, he had available he didn't made. throw that one did he and that was his best team that he had available mm. it wasn't like he went there and played a weekend team because he, he was arrogant that he was going to get through he got let down by his better players yeah. that night who didn't want to roll the sleeves up and, yeah. and have a battle in the rain. When Millwall yeah. did want to have a battle in the rain, the Southampton one for me was the real sticking yeah, point because he, he rested a lot of his big name players. I think thinking, oh, well, we should have enough to, to get past Southampton. They were second bottom, I think, at the time when, when the company they was really struggling under Mark Hughes and mm-hmm. we just about to penalties. Before eventually being dumped out I think on he penalties. To, uh,
1: look at some players as well that night, didn't he? It was his only opportunity to sort of have a look, but it, well, you know it, it,
0: it completely backfires yeah. and and it cost us mm. in the long run again. So I think the, the, the league cup will be the first indication mm-hmm. as to whether he has kind of wised up and yeah. thought, no, actually, I'm not. Be, I'm not going to be Mister Nice Guy no more. Yeah, no, I, I okay. know. I know by now some of the not good enough and they're not going to play, and yeah. for that we just go full full team. Well, if he, that's if he can feel the, a strong team with the way things are going <laughs> at the minute I think well, it's more you, you've got to put the strongest team out available to you know, yeah. doesn't it? I mean that mm. night I think with, with Charleston Walcott on the Do bench the there actually. was a couple who never even made the squad who were in the stands you can't you can't have that like I say the Millwall mm. game he put his best team out available he was just let down by the players not wanting mm. to have a battle in the rain Southampton was far from it so I think that'll be the first real indication maybe see whether he has learned from his mistakes and whether he has he is he is it. he is going for it in terms in terms of this is a real competition that we can mm. win. Well, when is it then? What, what's the what's the first round that we're in? I think we are next. We're in the draw tomorrow, aren't, yeah. aren't we? The second round we end. It's only t- before the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's
0: September fixture? I think, I think it's towards the end. I think, of, I think not regardless. August. Yeah, I think it is. is it? Well, I don't know because they're playing. I know that the, the first round they've played over two weeks because some games played last week and some. The rest get played tomorrow, but I know the draw is tomorrow with Solford Solford's ground edit the leads last year. I think it's before the game. end of the
1: month, last year um Sandro played, didn't he? And then got sold mm-hmm. the next day. So the so the European transfer window was still open.
0: Yeah. I remember I remember Sandro, he actually had a good game. <laughs> remember, I
1: was thinking, Oh well, you never know. And <laughs> he was
2: gone the next morning. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which can kind of, which kinda of tells you again how serious he was taking it because he knew Sandro was gone yeah, he yeah. probably he's yeah. probably just giving a game to to save someone else. So
2: that's it
0: that kind of does show how, how serious we took that one. Well, all right. Just to finish off on
2: Palestine, you, you mentioned all the positives defensive wise, but did you not think we created some chances anyway? We yeah, just we couldn't did. convert them. Like that was a positive for me. Really, just yeah. lacked a bit of cutting but, edge. Uh,
0: go on. We, we, we did last year, though, didn't we? Mm. Like, like we did create yeah, chances last year, didn't we? Yeah. And, and we created chances in a lot of other games last year, but we didn't take That's them. Right. And again, like you said, like Mark said earlier, it's just deja—it's deja vu, it's deja vu mm. <laughs> because you're thinking, you know.
1: I remember that I mean the the that Sigurdsson should have scored first minute. There's no there's no two ways about it. It was a oh centre of goal, twelve yards out, you know, he has gotta bury that. Then there was a nice corner routine, I think, where Sigurdsson picked up Richardson on the deck and he's it was flying in, but someone's edited off the line. Then there was Coleman at the far post where he's he's come in on it. Um, and he and he should have he should have scored, keeper saved it. Um cleared off the line second half and then Richardson's just hit it on. So there was it's not like we've gone there and struggled to create anything. There's definitely chances there, but um, roofless sides are just gobbling them up, aren't mm. they? And, and putting them two or three. It's the difference,
2: them. isn't it, between you know, finishing where we did and, yeah. and not, getting that, um, not getting a Champions League spot at the minute.
1: Playing some nice stuff and then, yeah, the final third. So you've got to hope the likes of Awobi and, and, and Keane Settle and, and we can... Um, and we can start putting these chances away. Um, but like I said, at, at Goodison, it seems to be that we do put them away. Yeah. And away from home, it just seems to be like we hit hit a blank, don't we? So I mean,
2: even the top sides, you know, when they're struggling, they're always nick a 1-0, you know, grand out a win. We do struggle to yeah. to do that, don't
1: we? the Bremen was the same last year. I was pre-season friendly, but he took that serious. He played mm. the full-strength team, again, creating chances. Bernard hits over from a good chance and... Um, it's the other chances second half, and we're just not putting them away. Um, we know that's the next step, <laughs> you've got to work. On I, it, I think. He? I think if if
0: any football fan outside of like the, the Everton bubble should be or say or should we say needed any reason as to why Evertonian to be moaning for some what when we need a forwards, well, whilst that thirty? four second clip that you've the club put out themselves of okay. <laughs> the chance against I think we had three chances in the space yeah. of about 10 seconds yeah. and everyone was scuffed yeah. you know yeah. not pro- and then in the end Bernard just blazes over Bitten from it over. 10 yeah. yards out it's, it, yeah. it, it was a, a clear example of yeah. why evertonians have long half percent' about the needs of a forward yeah I mean but this is the thing no you, you, we, we say we need a
2: forward and, and we did and we, we've got one hopefully who's going to go on and be successful at the club but you look at those chances that fell. To the players Jordan the Crystal Palace game what was it Sigerton, midfielder Coleman I had one Richarlison who played on the right probably should have scored at least yeah. probably two you would yeah. have thought so it goes back to what Connor was saying the pressure that Keane's under obviously to score goals but it should be the whole Scoring team options, really isn't
1: it yeah mm. 100% but I mean people rave about Bernard and I get it I get that he's a lovely little footballer but he's scored one goal since he's been here mm. I think and and his end product at the moment sitting here as we're talking is, is non-existence at the moment and that has to get better if he wants to stay on the side um, Sigurdsson I said this on a couple of podcasts last season he's a conundrum for me because if he's not effective in a game Everton aren't effective but and he has too many ineffective games so when you say about he scored twelve, thirteen, well, well, he should because the side's built around them to score goals, and and so therefore, you know, are we negating other players scoring goals because we have to play through him? I think that's going to be something that we look at, and if Silver does revert to a four-three-three at some point this season, where he might have Baman, Delph, Gomez, and then a front three, Sigurdsson might be the four guy. Um, Forty-five million, number ten or not, he, he's he at the moment is an absolute conundrum for me. And he might score and score against Watford next week, and everyone go shut up, Mark. But I, I, I see it too often. I see it too often where he is absolutely anonymous in a game. Mm. And if you have a number ten, you have he, he has to perform because it's centered around him. So it'd be interesting to see what happens to him over the next few weeks.
0: I, I personally think Bernard and Sigurdsson are fighting for the place in the the starting eleven going forward because I think you look at like a Wobi coming in Mm with Charlison, Walcott, Mosey Mosey Keane. There's real options there now going forward where you know, does Bernard get in? Because if you know, why why go out and spend all that money and make such a big effort to get a Wobi over the line? Mm. You're not gonna use him. Silver said he came out and said that he'd been a target for a while. So he's gonna play. He's gonna play because He's got no option but to play. Hmm. You know, Mosey, can you imagine, will be playing up top? But Charleston will probably play on the other flank to whichever one Awobi is on. It's one of them two outs, isn't it? So then all of a sudden, Bernard's ben- mm-hmm. together. And like Mark says, Sigurdsson, you know, if we get Delph Gomez back fit, you know. They're playing, aren't they? are playing are gonna they are going to play. So does Sigurdsson then go in front of them and you, they carry him? It, it's an interesting time because. You you kind of but think there must be something behind the scenes because why would still go out and make an effort to to bring them players in, mm-hmm. especially with a war? Because that deal looked dead in the water mm-hmm. and looked like there was no chance. And I think the fact that we went back and you know done our utmost to get them in tells tells a lot. So I think them them two. If if I'm being you know, I think them two
1: could be feeling for the place in the starting eleven going forward. Well, he wants a number six, and he's already said that's between Gabaman and Schneider. And so one yeah. of them two are going to play every week without a doubt. Delph hasn't come to sit on the bench, so he's gonna play, mm-hmm. and Gomez is gonna play, so th- he's gonna have a midfield three. And there's no there's, there's no way in here uh, Gomez, is, uh, Delph sorry, is going is going to play a left back. No, when he played for City, is because he's not going to dislodge no, Buketine no, 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 no. in that position. So, so. so there's your midfield three for me. So then, and uh, logic already tells you it will be keen, and Richarlison could potentially be a front three, couldn't he, and play mm. either side and. Where's Bernard and Sigurdsson and that? You know what I mean. So there's 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 options and, and and what it does say is that they have to perform now. Sigurdsson can't have another game like that against Watford. Yeah. If he plays, he's got to he's got to play well, and he's got to contribute and he's got to make chances and even put chances away. That's his role now. Um, same with Bernard I love his little flicks little turns little passages of play his one-twos it's just not enough though is it it's not enough we've got a reduce in the box imagine saying you know at, at City Sterling you know oh, he's a lovely little player but he's only scored one all season <laughs> wouldn't have it would he and that's the way we've got to start thinking. think well actually yeah nice player but you've got to start having some end product uh,
0: now. I think the same we said about Sigurdsson though yeah, do, yeah. does he do enough
1: yeah, overall
0: does he not, You know, does, 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 he, does he do enough and I, I know people might say oh well he might might have a bit more because he'll have a proper forward to hit this year and stuff like that. But I I struggle to see where he's going to get in because I think that from three is going to play with a lot of pace, Mm -hmm. which means you've got to have three midfielders who can get round box to box because you you imagine a Wolby and Richardson are going to play Mm -hmm. quite high up the pitch. So you've got to have a midfield three who can get
1: around, because if, if
0: they can't, we're going to be far, far yeah.
1: too open. Well, your whittle come from the full-backs, which is obviously what he wants. Yeah. It's clear as day that he wants his full-backs up the pitch. And then if you have got a carrier from midfield like Delph, and you have got a playmaker like Gomez, then there's your creativity. And your number uh, six is is, sitting, six front, six, is yeah. sitting in front of them. So for me, I think he's really, really angling towards that four-three-three. Um It's just that everyone's not fitting. and to go. That, yet, that, I already. think that's the thing, once... In a couple of weeks, it would be interesting. Mm. And
0: if you're looking at now Sigurdsson, is he doing enough to justify his place in the team going forward? You probably have to say, no, he isn't. Mm. So it's a big time for them, isn't it? So he? It's, you know, it's time for him to, to step up. And, and especially with the games we've got coming up, I mean, I know you should never say it, but these are the games where we'd expect Sigurdsson to make an impact now. Mm. You expect the game. I mean, you know, a lot of these games where you would expect him to grab them by the scruff of the neck and create something out of nothing. Like he's done a lot at Swansea, where he could produce something out of nothing. Mm. I don't really think we've seen that yet with Sigurdsson. I think he showed flashes where he's been, you know, really good and he's created and you know, he's left flying stuff like that. But there's been so many times for me where he's not took responsibility when it's mattered most 70,
1: seventy, eighty minutes you where know, have, you, you haven't mentioned them. Do you think he fits into where Silva's trying to get to in terms of a model of n- playing not eventually. I think no, I, I think either. I think
0: eventually once if we zoom to a four, three three with sort of high high wingers like and it's and, Corey, and, out, and, out,
1: and out box to box yeah. And you know, as well
0: number 9 I still, I don't think he will because you you can't carry him Yeah, he's well, not a central midfielder and I think as a number 10 you're just carrying him you're carrying him then aren't you you're carrying him there's options
1: now and then there's only going to be even more options in the future because we will buy again next year so it, it's it's you know it's a massive time for him he has to produce or you'll start slowly seeing him I think uh, you do well, you're, you're, you're be- don't
0: have to look now, don't you? You know, we're already potentially being like linked with going back in for the core, right? So, uh, in, so jan- in January, well. you know, it's it's not even like next summer. There's it's, it's some reports saying, oh, they'll go back in in January. Yeah. You know, uh, by all I, I mean, I've not seen it by all accounts. Silver and Zaha were hugging after the game the weekend (laughs) in a warm embrace and and had a a chat which I don't think (laughs) went down to the the palace you know what I (laughs) mean (laughs) but he's
1: he's clearly clearly not like you know (laughs) Silver's
0: clearly not turned his back on him because we haven't got the
1: deal done If there's anything in that Brazilian kid as well because he's an attacking midfielder number 10 so if they do manage to pull that off which would be a real coup I think for Everton but again he's looking in that position isn't he he's looking Mm. for young legs and it almost seems at times that um, the game's too fast for him, if you know what I mean. He's he's, he's just that half yards. It was it was it was him giving the ball away that got Gomez injured, and then we, you know, it was just little things like that on Saturday that were annoying.
2: He does slow the play down mm-hmm. a lot when we're trying to counter attack. Obviously, he's got he's got his attributes, hasn't he? You know, passing mm-hmm. you know, long passing, long shots and stuff like that. He's not Silver's man, but Silver's kind of showed faith in him and stuck with him. And suppose he was you know joint top goal scorer last season, but you know. It's not enough, is it? You know, it's got to be It's got to be more this mm-hmm. season and, you know, it's only one game. Got to, you know, see what he's got over the next couple of weeks. And like I say, if it, if it doesn't transpire that yeah, he's going to, um, you know, be up to scratch, then he's going to be, well, hopefully out the team with someone else, you know, taking his
1: place. options, isn't it? So it's options and people who play have got to perform. I think that's what he's trying to get at. And it's only going to get better in the January and summer next year where more people will come in and more people will go out and eventually he'll get his team, his model and the way people want to play and everyone's got to be dedicated to it. Uh, What do we make
2: of um, Snarlene then? You know, a player whose Everton career was virtually over at certain parts of last season, thrust into the starting line up. played, I don't know what you think, but I thought he played okay, thought he'd relatively okay. You know, his midfield partner went off the pitch. I mean, did he deserve to be sent off? Was it a double, double? I, I
0: thought he was a bit un- unlucky to be sent off. To yeah. be honest, I thought he was a little bit unlucky. But in this day and age, now it's not really surprising that he that he did see red. He um, had
2: about before he got booked. He had about I reckon two or three challenges where the he yeah. was yeah. a bit lenient, tested
0: his patience. The um, end, he? I think it's a strange one with Snell because there's there's never been any doubt in that he's got ability. He got he can offer something. I mean, you look up when he first joined the club under Ronald Koeman. He was fantastic for that, that that final six months of the season where we, we got on a bit of a run, and if anything, he was quite a bit of a focal point mm-hmm. to the run. He, he, he done really well. Obviously, his attitude and stuff like that over the over the last couple of years has been questionable, and you know his desire to leave the club and stuff like that. But I think we're ultimately a position now where we've got to use him because we've got no one else. You know, I, I think ultimately that was what what a selection comes down to. I don't. I think the one thing that did show me is that he's clearly ahead of Tom Davis in the pechan order. Because I think he sees
1: them as different roles though, doesn't he?
0: At, he does, but he could have easily put Tom Davis mm. in there. If he really doesn't like Snyder and he really sees no future for him. Because you look at some of the other players who he sees clearly got no future, mm. McCarthy's gone, Nias can't get a look in.
2: But well, um, he said, did in this pre match press conference? It's important pop- was it? Yeah, pretty, yeah, it's
1: impossible for Snidlin to leave. It is now because yeah. of the way the transfer window piled Because if they got the core, hey, he would have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would, fully would have expected that. Yeah, yeah I and mean, I think that's what was lined up, wasn't it? But then when he couldn't go, and then we never got the centre half in, Snidlin's got to stay because at times Gabama might have to. Over centre the centre back, half. Yeah. So Schneidl's <laughs> gonna be so I mean it's not the full season, we've got to get through till January like this. So it's 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 uh, and and there's there's plenty of breaks in that time. So Do you
2: think we will go for players in January, yeah. though, after last after last January, be we just thought the players weren't there I think, I think yeah. we
0: will know. I I'm not too sure. I think a lot will depend on what they're getting quoted figure wise and how well the clubs are doing. Because I think you like like for instance, you know, Palace with Sahar. I think if they're down there and they're struggling, which I think they will be, because they 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 just for me look absolutely dire. Like how?
2: So surely uh, they'd be better off selling
1: Zaha then. Paul we'll doesn't even want to be there we'll and we'll just you know spend it I,
0: on. I, I know what you're saying, but I think what they'll be thinking is: they do that? Who are they going to bring well, in? Because you've got between who,
1: now and uh, January to line people. Uh, up uh, then, haven't but they? I that's think
0: the... I think what they'll be thinking is: who are they going to? Who's going to honestly want to go there if they are in a relegation fight? Mm. You know.
2: Well, that's obviously, it, if it's obviously you have to you know. Um, with their appetite, with a bit of money, money, wouldn't yeah, he, Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? That's the only I thing that's gonna. Do. I mean,
0: the the, the big thing with the there's a hard deal is the European window still open, and you you wouldn't, you know, you can't you can't, can't, you can't, phone, can't it, not coming in for you. You don't know, you know, Palace might mm. take. I mean, Palace might take forty odd million from a European club and say, "Well, we we can't come back to haunt us so you know,
1: off, off you go." Mm. I don't think we'll get it to them now. I think it'll be there. It's January to be fair, but yeah, it depends if we're still even in for Zaha. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it, plenty can happen to you now in January, What? why I think we will buy in January, regardless of what we're doing, is is that he knows what he wants now, he's had the full season to assess, and I don't think he bought in January last year, because he was waiting for the full season, to assess everyone, see how we're doing, now he knows where he wants, what he wants, and we missed out on a couple of deals, so them targets will be ongoing, Um It wouldn't surprise me if we went in for Decoray again in January... Um, they just what, hate us though off it, don't they yeah. they just don't want to do any business like <laughs> but
0: he's just yeah. a name that doesn't go away though does he because we were linked last yeah. summer. we were linked with him he's just a fair. name that never ever goes away is he until, until he actually becomes an Everton player like he's just always going to be linked with him the three the players
1: who, who potentially were going to sign Zoomer had a nightmare to call he scored <laughs> an <laughs> own goal and I was <laughs> on the bench so <laughs> Everton Even he didn't do like, much when he came seven, on did just, he yeah no he didn't to be fair he spun him Davis, Davis, was very it? easily, yeah. didn't
0: he? Which I mean, the only thing I would say, he, he improved the speed of, day, yeah. of that Palace team. They
1: are a one no on one side.
0: Like, until he come on, they had nothing. And then all of a sudden, he come on. And even there was a couple, I think there was a time where he kicked the ball into space and ran after it. And it got the crowd excited. And I was think, you're just thinking, that shows how much they were like. Because they've just got excited there over the yeah. fact he's kicked the ball. He said, no one to pass. He's kicked the ball down the line to a bit of space and ran after That's it. And on clapped him. And he, so that kind of. Well, shows you
2: how much do you rely on them. The substitute then but from when we got to send off, I'm not saying we should have done this, but I'm just, just questioning it. The fact that Palace was so unambitious, regardless of whether we had 10 or 11 men, do you think it would have been an idea to maybe bring Walcott on rather than Davis? I wanted that sub yeah,
1: You're right, I to, I thought Richardson was a little bit um, isolated on the right in the second half, and I was screaming for him to go on the left. Um, bring Walcott on the right inject a little bit of pace um, and either have Bernard or Sigurdsson in the middle take one of them off
2: you could have brought Sigurdsson were you, were you, I, I probably would have brought Bernardo off to be honest yeah, and yeah. brought Sigurdsson further back
1: Yeah, um, that, that was an option even before the red card I was thinking that that should have been
2: I just think it's a really Hodgson team with no ambition whatsoever yeah. you know they didn't look like scoring even when we went down to 10 men mm-hmm. so and probably silver going through his mind Gabamon is you know had a bit of a flaky start, so he didn't want her to be left isolated. Mm-hmm. Bring a, a partner mm-hmm. on in Tom Davis, who did, you know, did all right. Just thought maybe Walcott could have stretched that game slightly,
1: could have definitely, as I say, even before the red card. Uh, and, and I'd just like to have seen Richarlison from the left as well. Um, because mm. he was, round a bit, yeah, just because he obviously we, you know he likes cutting in and stuff. And I just thought maybe if you give him a chance to maybe he'll get a couple of shots in a goal because he was getting denied that. Um, but then he nearly scored with his left foot, so that shut me up. But <laughs> Yeah, that but, was unlucky. That one, yeah. I thought it was in. I was screaming and then <laughs> sat down. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it, it was again going back to what we're talking about. It's just there's that many sorts of permutations in that front three or four now. That so going to have to get it sort of as soon as possible. Might take a few games, but eventually he will set on a, on a front three or a four that has to score goals and has to create and uh, be interesting to see who's. Part of that.
0: The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast.
2: I mean, there's a couple of wallies on Twitter, Connor. Um Didn't <laughs> just realised that? <laughs> <laughs> worry, you you two are just <laughs> two of them. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest two, aren't we? Um, obviously, Gabamin know, had a bit of a flaky start, didn't he? But, you yeah. know, people absolutely slating him on Twitter oh, like, just because he, he gave the ball away a couple of times. It's crazy, right. isn't it?
0: It's, it's what you'd expect now. Modern modern football, isn't it? With the, the, the digital social media age, it's, you know... I mean, I have I always think, and I've always thought for a long time, in that social media and the way it's gone, you're never as good as what you're made out to be. I don't think you're ever as bad as what you're made out to be. Yeah, yeah. If I'm being... I think, you know, I saw some stuff yesterday from, instance, Man United... Okay, they won 4 0. They weren't that good. No, they weren't. They weren't they, they, nothing nothing made me look at that game yesterday and think, I tell you what, United could challenge to see Liverpool to shift the title. Nothing. No. Chelsea weren't that bad. I know it's, they were they were very open at the back and that that was a massive flaw. But they did actually create a lot of chances? They had the bar, the post. Ayer made a couple of good saves, Maguire made a good block. So they did have they did have chances. Yeah. So it, it it was a kind it's kind of you're never as good as what you made out to be as bad as what you are. And I think that was the same, with you know, Gavin on the weekend. I don't think, it's hard as well to judge when someone's only just joined the club and it's like, they're thrown in the deep end, palace away, just where, I know, you shouldn't talk about the conditions, but the winds and winds. Oh, no, it was horrendous. Then we go down to 10 men and you're under a little bit of pressure then because you're all now for a, a point effectively. You don't, you don't want to go mm. for it and get caught. So it's hard and it'll, it'll take time. Like I said, I, don't, I honestly don't think we'll see the real... Start eleven of Marco Silva to, to full potential to possibly the international breach. I
2: mean, it was the worst possible scenario for him to come on, wasn't it? Really, I don't think he expected to play at all. That's I'm what thinking. I mean. You, you lose. You, I know. I, I, I said he did I Don't think he was having the best game anyway. But you know, he obviously was having some sort of an impact. You lose him in Gomez, and he, you know, Gabon comes on. It's just not what you want, is it, in your first game of the season? Definitely
1: not, no. As I said, I think he was named on the bench, but I don't think he was thinking I'm getting on today. I think no, he no. was just there for, to get him I with the squad. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, he's, he's thrusted on. He got caught on the ball. Rather than giving it away, he just got caught on the ball, which will easily... Um, He'll easily get over that because he'll just get up to speed with the Premier League. He'll understand from that little forty-five minute that he can't dawdle on the ball. He mm. hasn't got as much time on the ball as the Bundesliga, and, and and he'll grow. But what I did see from him was size, strength, power. He won a couple of balls back and he done a nice couple of one-twos. And I thought, well, there's some good bits, some bad bits. Absolutely not going to judge him. Yeah, again, we've got if we develop him well and so be we've got an absolute unit. And if you start looking through the side now with the power and strength of some of these signings and players, then he could be a really good buy for us. Um, uh, if people are judging him already, then just stop watching football, honestly. Go and watch the rugby or something because it's absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> people just look at him and as soon as he's kicked the ball, like, oh no, get rid of him. He's not going to make it, sell him. And I had it on one of our groups, on one of the WhatsApp groups, so, oh my God, see the state of him, he was rubbish. And I'm like... <laughs> Are you absolutely kidding me? Um, no, so you get time and patience from me, absolutely no doubt. I just hope so, uh, you know everyone else does. Um, but yeah, if he fulfills his potential, what we've seen that he has got and his size and his presence, then we've got another. Zolman and midfielder which is what we've wanted isn't it and Keane you know
2: we never saw too much of him didn't really get much of an opportunity to get on the ball and you know get in front of goal but talking about the pressure it would be nice wouldn't it you know not not nothing's ever perfect but it would be nice for him to get a goal early on in his Everton career just so it's not like oh well he hasn't scored he hasn't scored weeks weeks you know you, you, games you, without a goal
0: you've got to lift the burden as fast as you can you've got to lift it because there's nothing worse than the tension starts to grow and, yeah. you know we saw it last year with with, with Tossin. like where you know he get himself into to go, and he, you know this is shin or you know it bubble up, or he just and it just the, the groans get bigger and louder, and you can see in their own expression that they're, they're struggling, and all of a sudden it just becomes a kind of a frustrate a frustrating period for everyone because the crowd wants to score, the player wants to score, and then in the end they get hooked because obviously it's not going not going their way, and it's just you just want them to get over get the first goal and you always believe you know you hope that once they get the first that's it then they settle in and they, they, they start going so the sooner he does hit the back of the net the, the, the better really because they don't want it going on to like you know, the international break potentially and he still hasn't scored mm. and it, like, like Mark said there, it goes back to like them fans on Twitter and stuff going on bloody rubbish mm-hmm. this lad you know all this money and he's not solved the problem what we've still got you know you know, what are them, what are Brandon Silver doing? And mm. you, you, you got that now anyway. You don't want, you, you don't want that. Those, you don't want another another reason for that to be to come to fruition. You want, no. you want, come in, get a couple of goals, mm. get his confidence high, you know, get used to the Premier League and and, and kick, get 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 in, get, get gone almost. You know, get into the groove of of playing up front for Everton. Mm. Um, just
2: Google there the round two for the League Cup as we commence on twenty sixth. Okay, yeah so, so that's us. Isn't that? home, be, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, won't it? Yeah,
1: and yeah. the moves are home to be for the international league. So, yeah, just be. I think, again, Goodison's just a different animal at the moment since or since the derby, isn't it? We've, we've won a lot of games, scored a lot of goals, haven't conceded any, and I think take that feel-good factor into what for of the home next week, beat them, and then all of a sudden everyone's, everyone's feeling positive again. Um, and like you say, if Keane can be in amongst the goal scorers on Saturday... Um, and I think Villa are way after that as well. I'm just looking at them two games together really because I think Villa will have a go at teams this season yeah. and that'll suit us better. Mm. So if they come at us at Villa Park and we've got a nice sort of comeback, we'll we'll be able to get in behind them and have some chances there, I've got no doubt. So there's there's definitely some um, chances over the next few weeks, I think, for us to, 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 to grow and, and to I think to that's settle. the big thing though, isn't it? This, you look at this year and you know the, the top, the,
0: the three teams that come from the Championship last year, they all seemingly want to come and have a goal and yeah. attack and, yeah, and be do, ambitious yeah. you know you look at Norwich on, on Friday night you'd probably say they were probably too ambitious <laughs> and, mm, and nice. too naive with the way they went but you know, afterwards the manager was kind of saying well no this is the way we play this is the way we set up this is what we've done since day one we're not changing that now mm-hmm. Villa were the same the weekend mm-hmm. they had to go with Aston Villa I had a couple more eh, sorry I had to go with Spurs and could have been a bit further ahead by half time mm-hmm. they were the best team mm-hmm. um, and again, you know Sheffield United. Although I think maybe the one Sheffield United might change tackle a little bit. I think if they get one or two Hambrons, they might think actually now we're going to go a little bit more defensive minded. To but no, I think I think it's actually that the, the clubs who've been like like see Palaces and you know they're the, the teams we're struggling against. They're the ones who, who who's going to you know Newcastle under the Proust, They'll be <laughs> the ones who'll be the ten men behind the board. they the, mm. the a good dogged approach. You know it won't, it won't be the the new clubs who. who, who Previous time, we the ones who used to come up with, with that attitude. You never know, see what happens.
2: Um, just a bit of breaking news before we move on to the uh last segments and the, the transfer deadline day segments. Um, never had breaking news on a podcast before, so <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> is it good? Henry, Henry on your has completed his move to Monaco for an undisclosed fee. Surely, surely the worst signing in evidence well,
1: history. me? a couple of million on yeah. hasn't played for us. So I know but of... Corny
2: there's the fact that he hasn't played for us <laughs> even crows have played for us.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing they anticipated that this kid was going to be fast tracked into the Nigerian team and we'd have no problem with work mm. issues but um he got into the AFCON squad in the summer and 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 still didn't play did he? I think he played 10 minutes or whatever mm. so he's never going to play for us. Um, Not other now countries, anyway. Other <laughs> countries are more relaxed on work permit issues and stuff and and he's never going to play in England, so um Take the money and run on. I love the undisclosed toffees this summer though. It's mm. crazy, is it? Dodgy as anything. Every <laughs> every signings undisclosed. I, I just think it's hypocritical,
0: isn't it? You know, we sign a player, yeah. who, 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 who we weren't even sure whether we would be able to play him. We then stuck by him for a year yeah. in the hope that he would eventually be able to play him. And now we've
1: well, had to now, now, now we've had to just admit <laughs> our losses and
0: sell him because we've come to the conclusion he might never play for us. Well, didn't we do something similar years
2: ago with Alex Najarco? Offered him a five year deal, but he. Only had a four year work permit or something like that <laughs> I'm sure that was I'm sure it was <laughs> something like
0: that but there is there is one like just going quickly off topic there is one there was a transfer wasn't it? the, the, the lad Luis went from City to Aston Villa hmm. and I, I read something the other week saying that City have installed a buyback clause for the end of next season so they can buy him back for what yeah. they, they paid Aston or Aston Villa paid for him and under the guidelines of work permits and stuff like that he wouldn't get one for Man City because the squad is so well stacked that they it would be looked that he's not going to get the sufficient game time nice. because Aston Villas is thinner on the ground, nice. he will get a game a uh, work permit That's this summer to, to go so, straight in. It? So effectively, he's on a year long loan to Villa. So if he to the, the ground running, looks an asset in the Premier League. Since so you can just call him back, like basically get him back next mm. summer,
1: and he'll be able to play because he'll Lucky have a work please. permit, you know, it's I think again, Solver, it's just. Uh, made sure at the press conference everyone knew about the net spending and stuff as well and now with this and potentially toasting and the ass and Morales and Velasi on the way as well by the end of next year I can see quite a sort of significant spend um, and that's why I think it'll be this time next year before we start really seeing the the, the, the final the finals and it took if you look at Klopp took him the best part of four years to get what he wanted, didn't he? he waited 18 months for Van Dyke, And if Silva's waiting for his men and he couldn't get them this summer, then I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. Just because we'll lose this four months now or season or whatever, it's not all about now. Um, we still want to see progress, but it's, it's getting to that long-term goal of actually we want to be consistently challenging in that top four Um and to get there, we don't want to make the mistakes of the past. was. are stuck. I mean, Sigurdsson's selling value now, he's 30, 30 years old, cost us 40. We're not getting nothing for him, but we're going to get nothing for Balassi. It'd probably be a loan ins, un, until um, he eventually goes. So there's £65 million pounds worth of signings that has got absolutely no resale value and has cost the club a lot of money. Mm. Um, and for what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For what? So these are the mistakes that. The club are starting to rectify, we're starting to buy younger and if in, say, two years' time with Charlison, we get a £120 million bid off Real Madrid or something and he wants to go, then he'll go with everyone's blessing because then we'll reinvest that money and we'll keep going and that's the model that we have to ha- get used to and that's the model that the fans have to understand because we can't just go and buy your, your 28, 29-year-old Eden Hazard for 150000000 no. We million. We, we're not that club.
2: I, I'm, I'm fully behind what, everything that you've just said and your point actually brings... Brings us nicely on to like the deadline day and the summer transfer window. Um, in, in in terms of, you know, building for the future and, you know, slow and kind of steady. But, Mark, have we, have we not missed a chance yet? And when I say missed a chance, what I mean is the teams around us in terms of Chelsea transfer ban, you know, United, okay, they just smashed Chelsea 4-0, but as Conor alluded to, they just don't look anywhere near as good as City and, um, and Liverpool. Obviously Tottenham, They've they've spent a lot. So you don't you know they, they could look better. Arsenal, the signs that they've got, you don't know what they're gonna be like. The three teams that I thought were vulnerable this season Chelsea, Arsenal, United. And I thought this was the perfect opportunity to to get the likes of you know Zahar in, get the likes of Zuma in. Because I just feel now that come next season. Chelsea are going to be able to spend, United might have go, got their act together. You know, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I just think this summer was the ideal time, an ideal moment to pounce.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. There's that and say, right, this season we can pounce on the vulnerability of some of them teams. Um, whether we had the 100 million Palace once that Chelsea didn't want to sell, and by all accounts Watford... Wanted stupid money for the court. He would have had the best part of two hundred million pound mm. net there to spend. One would be breaking rules. Yeah, and so I, get, I get that. So does that I don't think we. A, a couple of people have said that to me, and one one of my mates has said that to me about oh, this. This is our chance, and I'm like, well, no, it's not because. I want Everton to keep growing as well. So next next year, I want us to keep buying and growing and make sure that we start competing with these sides on a regular basis. It's not just about now. And whereas, yeah, I get what you're saying. If we've done that now, we could really potentially attack the top four. Um, I, I I don't see it as a missed opportunity in that sense because I think we'll still keep growing. So our, our objective now is to keep getting better and then next year, keep buying better quality players again. And eventually, we will compete with with them side, I've got absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um but we have to do it the right way. We have to see if we can get some um additional revenue in terms of commercial and, and, and sponsorship deals and whether that comes to fruition over the next few months. You know, the rumours are um Mr Dusmanov is in lurking in the background and might and there might be just one or two Deals coming that way where we can then increase next, net spend next year. I, I think it's all part of a longer-term model. Um, So to answer your question, yeah, I think what you're saying is right. We we potentially could have splashed the cash there and, and had a real go to the top four. But I don't think that we've missed it and that's the end. Mm. I think, no, we'll keep growing. The, the club's going to keep growing. In three years' time, we're going to be moving into an unbelievably... Brand new stadium and everything that brings with it. So this is a time for the club to grow on a year-by-year basis rather than saying let's just throw everything at it right now and go for it. So there's both sides of the argument, isn't it? I'm more of the let's keep growing year-by-year and make sure it's sustainable over the long period. If we splash £200 million now net, not only would the Premier League be all over us, but there's no guarantee then that that's gonna work long term, is it? So I don't know what Connor thinks but that I'm just looking at it from a sort of longer term and yeah. think we can keep growing it. Well,
2: yeah. We we have done that in the past, haven't we? You know, under Steve Orskomen, we lash money all over the place mm-hmm. and we lash money on terrible players, mm-hmm. inevitably. Um but there wasn't you know, Chelsea under the transfer ban and United yeah. weren't as bad as they were and mm-hmm. Arsenal have always been a bit flaky anyway. But Connor, you know, are you on the side of progression season after season, which I am fully Fully, fully, for full, By the way, um, or you know, are you are you with Mark, or are you not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, 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 I see, I see both sides of the story. I think for me, this year is, is, is a chance to close the gap. Mm. You know, it's a chance to get closer. And I think by getting closer and closing the gap, it, you can enhance better players, and you can sort of say, well, look, you know, if you come in, you could be the difference between us pipping pipping them. You know, and I know it's, people say, oh yeah, but that's easy said than done. But you have to look; it makes a massive difference being able to attract players with the potential to Champions League football and stuff like that. You know, it. The, the problem we've got is we're not going to be able to fork out massive wages. So when you can't fork out massive wages, you've got to have other incentives to bring bring them to the club. Because the only way you you get them better players if you're not in the Champions League is by giving them massive wages. Mm-hmm. Which by not just I think from a club perspective, we can't do. Marcel brands also isn't keen on. Going that way because you look at his recent comments, and he's been, you know, quite critical of the wage budget and the, the wage
1: it's been kind of structure. High.
0: Because you look, you know, like you said earlier, this the Steve Walsh era with Ronald Koeman, where we just kind of had this open checkbook and we just went around like throwing money around like it was it was nothing. And then all of a sudden, all these players who we brought in were on mega mega wages, and now you look at like Sabalassi, you know, Ashley Williams was, was one. Okay, he's gone, but he was one where they're on such high figures that no one wants to go near them or touch them. So you end up getting them out on loan, but you're still paying probably 80% of the wages, 70% of the wages, because the clubs you're sending them to, you know, you look at Balassi going to for instance, they're not going to be able to afford Balassi's whole wages. They're probably paying 20, 30%. Ashley Williams, when he went to Stoke, there's no way Asher, Stoke are probably paying 50% of Ashley Williams' wages, because it's probably so high. Mm. So I think for me, it's... It's it's a chance to close the gap more than anything and, and I think and, and to prove that we we can grow mm. and improve and we can kick on. Because there's nothing worse than looking like you've stagnated and you have hit the you no know, you've hit the, the point of you've hit your brick wall almost and you, you know, you look at other clubs like so you know, your Bournemouth and teams like that, they seem to have comes that little bit where it's the same for year on year. It's not, gonna get it's, any it's, better, it's, it's not getting any better. It's not going, you know.
2: <laughs> We've been a little bit like that though, to be fair. Yeah. We have, but, <laughs> We've got
0: the potential, but, but, but you look at it and you're thinking, well, you know, if we can, you know, this, for instance, this year if Mosey Keane coming and starts scoring goals, that should be a, a bit better chance of leapfrogging because last year we have done incredibly well to get to where we did without having a proven goal scorer. In our side, which when you look at other teams around the league, we probably one of the only ones in the, the top 10, 12 clubs who didn't. You know, you look at Leicester, Jamie Vardy, Bournemouth, Callum Wilson. Oh, okay, they're not prolific. You know, proven Aguero-style forwards, but they still score twenty plus goals a season. They still score a lot of goals. We didn't have anyone like that, that last year. So the fact where we got to was, is an achievement. It's about kicking on and almost using it as a way to leapfrog your way in. And I I think this year it really is open. And that's where I think the the, the argument does come in that this is the chance to close the gap because you're not going to get a better one in terms of being able to catch Chelsea, being able to catch United potentially. I mean, I think Arsenal will get top four because I think they will, once they get into their stride, like Everton, will blow teams away with their attacking ability. I think Aubameyang, La Pepe, they get, they get Kieran Tierney uh, in at the back, you know, Cabellos playing in midfield. I think once they get their team on, they'll they'll blow the weaker sides away. They might get don't get it wrong, they might get thumped by City and Liverpool because they'll be too open, but they'll blow a lot of the weak the lower teams away. So I think for us we could catch Man United and Chelsea. But at the minute it's I think it's far too early though, at the minute to, to to even look at that because we're one game in. You know, you read some comments on Twitter after one game. We're on for a rough season. We we're, we're nothing's changed. The players we brought in aren't good enough. Mm. You read other comments and people are saying we should have spent more money. We should have gone for it. So it's hard to judge just after one game. You, you can't you can't write any conclusion yet because anything could happen. I mean. Anything c-
1: could happen between Anyone now. I am one Twitter for the transfer and they have deleted the app already. And the cricket. Yeah, and the cricket. I, if they failed in one area, it was to get it back up centre-half, isn't it? I mean, it, and, and mm. if this time next year they've got Zuma permanently, then I'll praise them to the help for yeah. waiting for the man. Yeah. Exactly yeah. like Klopp did with Van Dyke, couldn't get him, but I'm waiting for him. I'm mm. not just going to go and buy someone else because the fans want centre-half cover. Again, in a way, but,
2: though, it, like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but it's a little bit different, isn't it? As in... Mm. Liverpool needed needed van um yeah. Dyke to, to change I the team. Think, he wasn't coming as a backup. Uh, Zuma potentially could come in just yeah, as, as yeah. defensive cover, really. Like that's I, think, how the, I think he
1: would have
0: come in to start. I think he? the big difference though was is, is that you look at Van Dyke and Liverpool. Liverpool went to Southampton and said how much money do you want? We won't be doing that. We will be saying, What's that? we will negotiate a deal? You know, yeah. we won't be going Liverpool ultimately got to a point where they panicked and hit the button and thought how much do you want for them? Mm-hmm. Tell us how much you want for them and we'll pay it because we're hit the point now where we're just, we just we want them to sign. It so just, It
1: took 12 to 18 months though for them to do that, didn't it, after all the but Southampton we, But we won't them get them. that far on the line, because I think I,
0: we will have a price in our heads what we want to pay and if Chelsea say, well, we want this, we will say, oh, wait, no.
1: I think the deal, is if you look at it, I've read somewhere that Chelsea can buy Nathan Ackie back for 40 million in the in, in the thing, in the contract that they've put in with Bournemouth, we can buy him back for 40 million within the first, mm-hmm. how many years? So I've read that, that that'd be a deal for Chelsea to do next year, based on the fact that Bournemouth raised him at 75 million. So if, they, if he comes in and then Zuma comes to us, there, there's your deal that's been lined up, but we've had to wait. What, what I can't understand is that he left it solely to try and just get some backup for Mina. Well, Mina was clearly going to step into that sense of half yeah. role, which I've got no problem with. But if he gets injured now, um, well, if Mason Holgate it would don't race I'm afraid. Um, and then that's it. Um,
2: that's what I said on last week's podcast, though. Everton surely weren't gullible enough to think that, well, they weren't in talks with Chelsea. They must have been in some mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. contact with Chelsea to think Zuma could still sign. Yeah, why else would you wait that long and then two days before the transfer window is going to shut, sign, get Chris Smaller on loan, yeah. sign, get Marco Rojo on loan? Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that's not ideal. So, surely they must have had some signed, yeah, yeah, kind of inkling Chelsea that Zuma them, think, yeah, were think. definitely going yeah. to. Well, well,
0: yeah. It's not the first time, is it? Because you, you look back at the, the Olivier I know it was a different, you know, different management, but the De Giroud transfer mm. where we seemingly put every egg we had mm-hmm. in the Olivier Giroud basket to the place on Lukaku, mm-hmm. got to the 11th hour of getting the deal over the line, convinced he was coming. And then when he went, oh no, actually I'm going to Chelsea mm-hmm. because I don't want to leave London. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, but no thanks. We just collapsed, like just felt like a stack of cards because we had nothing else lined up. You you hope that we, Marcel Brands is a lot more savvy than mm-hmm. Steve Olsen or Koeman were back then. But the whole scenario doesn't really I mean I was of the belief a, a little bit that they do have someone lined up in Lewis Gibson because I think he's played a lot of preseason. He he's played he's been in around the first team for pretty much the whole of preseason. They clearly see something in him that they like. They clearly you he's know, back the know see him as some you know as an option moving forward. But then to go for
1: Rocco and small and so later on makes you think well
0: Maybe they didn't see so that. Do you know. think there's
1: a lack of quality centre halves? I don't know, do you? I mean Le- Leicester, Leicester could name the price for Harry Maguire, eighty million, and then they didn't they couldn't get no one. Mm-hmm. They clearly need a centre half. Um Arsenal had to go and scrape the battle for David Luiz who's just clearly not a centre half, mm-hmm. or not a good one anyway. Um so yeah, look, it we'll only I, I, know I, the answer to this next summer, I, I think. I if, think as well that the big
0: issue we have got is the price. Because there's a lot of people out there saying, Well, Maguire isn't worth eighty million. So I mean I seen one Thing with Bournemouth who Leicester were supposedly looking at Ake's replacement for Maguire and Bournemouth said well we want 80 million yeah. because we, we think M- Ake is as good as Maguire well, that's the and, issue, isn't uh, it? and then Brighton said that they wanted 40 plus million for Dunk I think mm. Burnley wanted 40 plus million for Tarkovsky mm. because all of a sudden the market just inflates off on transfer and half, doesn't yeah, it that's so, what I'm saying, so yeah. all of a sudden it, but then you're paying you know, I like Lewis Dunk I think he's a very good centre half but he's not worth 14 million. You
1: might have to, you know. We might have to go abroad. I don't know. It's just one of them, isn't it? We'll, we'll only know the answers of this next year. I mean, would you have paid? What you were saying before about now was the chance. If Palace said I want 100 million for Zaha, would you just would you have paid that 100 million for Zaha?
2: Well, I don't think I don't think he's worth 80 million. I, I just think you know we don't know the ins and outs. Only ever only people that ever know the in, ins and outs of, of what's going on. You know we were only meant to put one bid in for SAR, mm-hmm. which was on the 28th of July at 52 million and then by all accounts what's happened is the media have literally just played it up but there's, the, surely there was still some sort of incest from Everton I think it surely incest, wasn't it? Yeah. that's what I mean so I think if he's the man if he's like your main target you know j- just go out and get him because I feel like
0: we just look a little bit you know weak and, and well, stupid I thought I thought we looked a little so bit stupid hold to, hold with on. the bids we put in for them the 52 million because Arsenal put a £40 million in one, was it, 10 days before everyone laughed and... Palace knocked it back and said we won £80 million. So for them, for us to then go in with £52 million, well, that, just strikes a bit of like, yeah. if he's not been listening to what's being yeah. getting said for 10 days, you know?
1: We just don't know what's getting said. And he might have got some indication then that Zaha uh, wanted to come. So Everton thought they could drive the price down based on the mm. fact that he wanted to come. And then by all accounts, Parish is looking to sell his shares in Palace. And so therefore might have accepted less up front. And, mm. uh, and we don't know. So uh, That's
2: what I mean. That there's a lot of things that have gone on. I just think if he's the main target which we don't know he, he might have been target b or c yeah. it might have been mm-hmm. someone else might have Malcolm yeah. has obviously <laughs> talked about yeah well exactly yeah. but obviously that's come two days before the window shut so that was a strange one in itself obviously going to give him a chance and give him time i just think it, it i'm fully behind like everything that we're doing i just think it smacked of a little bit old everton you know go out and get your player if you want him go out and get him um for me i think palace probably wants to you know, the eighty million, a lot of it up front and yeah. a lot of ours, you know, negotiating was to bonuses and you
0: know, appearances, goals he probably scores not even, and probably stuff just like that. Scattering the money across that, that, a years. period of time, isn't not, it? No,
1: Arsenal got Pepe. a seventy two million pound deal. Apparently they've paid nothing up front. So there's nothing on this year's balance sheet to suggest they've bought Nicholas Pepe. Mm. The seventy two million starts next year over the next four years. Mm. So how great is that a deal if you can attract that sort of player? Whereas Palace are saying, oh, give us £65 million up front. We, we can't afford that. Um, I think we've just tested the water a little bit with the bid to see what they're saying. They might have said, actually, we'll go up to £60 million, but it's still a sort of structured deal. Palace have said, we're miles away. It's not even getting off the ground, mm-hmm. this one. And that seems like what the explanations come out at the end from the likes of... Paul Joyce, who said, no, they bid. They've talked about maybe going up to 60, but that was it. There was There was never no more. So, yeah, I think we'll find out next year about who the, who the long-term targets are and the long-term missions are. And obviously between now and then it's raising money and we're doing that by... I mean, I've counted up to 29, 30 players now, but potentially including 23s and releases and loans and sales with a potential four or five more still to go. We could have had 35 players off the books this summer by 1st of September with seven in. So you have to think that that rage bill, even with the players that have come in, has, has drastically reduced by the tune of 20 to 30 million a year. So over four or five year forecast now, there's £150 million pounds to play with in that respect. We can mm. budget now for the next five years for contracts, for for wages, um, for, for for fees, of players structured the way Arsenal have just done Pepe, um, any other commercial deal that comes in and... Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be one or two coming in in the next few months as well. I think it allows us to set up next year for a really big year next year. Um so it's what's the space on that one I think. But
0: I think it's it's a it's an overhaul on the whole club, though, isn't yes. it? I'm, I'm moving forward in in, in a, a kind of a more now centered mindset than, you know, the old Everton. I mean, you know, saty struck at the, the old Everton, the fact that we were wearing last year's kit because we haven't got a fair kit yet. And our away kit got knocked back by, by the referee <laughs> that, for that a potential clash. clash.
1: Though, that was ridiculous. No, but <laughs> it, the fact that we put ourselves
0: in that position, yeah. that we didn't have an alternative kit to wear because our fake kit... You know, you look at this summer, and I know it's, it's a little bit off topic, but you look how late the kits come out this summer. You know, you look at Liverpool, they've got the home kit out before the season finishes. Mm. They have the away kit out before the summer holidays start. The third kit out is out when the summer holidays start. It's genius because you're targeting the kids when they're going on holiday and stuff. You no, know, We just seemed every year to be faffing around. We got it
1: right last year, didn't we? But know, I think we come to the end of the Umbro contracts and I think then we were fishing around for uh, a new deal with someone and that never materialised. So last minute... We've gone back to Umbro and said, actually, we'll take that to but you. Just looks, you know, so, it's just massive missed out revenue, isn't it? You know, because yeah. you
0: look like you know there's, there's probably thousands of kids who support Everton going on holiday around this time now. They will probably buy an Everton kit. Mm. So you've got to have the Everton kit out ready to go <laughs> for the, some holidays, no, not, it's, not not, whacking it out, you know, in the middle of September. Like, you know, the, the way it's come out in September. Kids aren't going to write football kits in September because it's cold. <laughs> you know, Connor's
2: going off on a rant here. They can't, just, <laughs> Let him carry on. It's just, I think, I
0: just think it's, it, it, it's, it's, you got to stuff like that, like Marx is about the commerciality and stuff like that. We've got to move with the times and get better. And I think the transfer market, we've got to move with the times a little bit and accept that if you do want players, we have to pay sometimes what other clubs want for them mm. because it's not a case no more of wheeling and dealing and trying to get a bargain because now clubs hold all the power. I mean, you look, you look at Leicester. They come out and said eighty million for Maguire. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't really we, need the money. Do months, you? months went by of they're going to go in with this, they're going to go in with that. In the end, and I said just paid the eighty million for him unless they agreed the to deal. So they could have avoided that two months mm. of. To
1: and fro and just paid eighty million for him in the first place, so mm. it's it's just the premium on centre half now, isn't it? There's no one else like um, the new forwards, aren't they, You know, in well, many respects. If Michael Keane has a really good season this year, you, you, you might get head hunted next year by certain clubs, and you, you know you could name your price for him. So I guess we'll only know when we're in that position of selling a player like that. And you could argue argue he got short sold and is just a guy, but he's thirty he's 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 a, he's a holding midfielder, which offers plenty of in the world. It was just his dream to go to Paris. So he's done a deal for nearly 30 million and said, on you go, mate. No, I haven't got a problem with that. I would have a problem with a Richarlison or, you know, one of the young ones coming through um, selling them on the cheap, which I don't think we'll do. I think we will we will reinvest that money because that will happen. We'll come to a stage where a big club comes in for one of our big players and, and they want to go. It's inevitably going to happen, and what we have to do then is maximize that revenue for that player. That's just the, the football and world. Um, buying Coutinho for ten million and selling for one hundred and forty, and buying Van Dyke and Allison with that money is just outstanding work, isn't it? As much as it pains us to say, that's, that's what we've got. to aspire to
0: be, isn't yeah, it? That's because the model. Player
1: trading is part of your income and expenditure, and we've got to get that bit right. And I think we will. Um, so. Yeah, interesting times. Next 12 to 18 months, I think, on and off the pitch. Well,
2: we talk for a good hour. Um, so very quickly, we haven't even previewed it, but we will preview it in a couple of um, other podcasts on the Royal Blue channel this week. Um, Wofford, Saturday, Connor, just a quick prediction before we finish. 2-0. 2-0. I was
1: going to say 2-0, so yeah,
2: 2-0. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2-1, because I said 2-1 against Palace. And I think Wofford will be, you know...
1: Yeah. Itself. After
2: Well, yeah, but, that, but obviously after what happened against... Um, Bright. Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah. I had them down to win on me accumulated yeah, as well. I don't know what, like, what was going on there, because right. um, they're not a bad team. Watford for Daddy, So like you say freak results. So they'll be bango for it for both both of them reasons. So I think they might get a goal, but I, think, I still think we we'll, we should get a win. So see what happens. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Mark, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Connor. Thanks for coming on. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast, and iTunes channel. <laughs>
0: to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.